everyone. Welcome back again to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast, where it stands for Icon Is. And who the icon is going to be today, we'll get to that in a minute. First of all, I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey! Never gets old for me. Um, one of your hostess with the mostest. And on my side, as always, the one and only... DJ Rossi. How y'all doing? Ah! Hey, hey! The jokes, the jokes are forever. The jokes are forever. That's hilarious. What's up, people? Welcome out there in the internet world. Good, good introduction. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Iconist. How y'all doing? All right. So yeah, you see, we have some fun today. We're gonna, we're gonna break down who we're gonna talk about. Uh, just about now. No, now. Yes. Now. Now <laughs> we are gonna talk about Marvel's Power Pack. And you're going to think, what, is uh, something to plug into your phone and keep it going? Oh. The, you know, if you, a power pack that if, you know, a portable power pack? No, no, no. Oh, you know, Energize Bunny. They, they, he's part of Marvel now. Is that it? No, no, he's not Energize part of Marvel. Energize Bunny? No, no, not Energize Bunny. Not the Energize Bunny. No, no, no. Uh, four siblings. Four kids. All together. Uh, right? Right, right, right. They're a pack. They get power. It's a pack. It's a pack of four. Pack of four. And they get power. Not to be confused power. with batteries. Energizer. Everready. Duracell, none of those. No, no, no. Four kids, which usually kids have a lot of energy already, so they're got their own. We'll get into that. But first and foremost, let's give it a round of applause, uh, you know, for the one who makes us look so pretty all the time. The one and only Mr. Jay Bird. Jay Bird Digital Arts. So once again, thank you so much, Jason, for, for making us look so pretty. If you need any work done, reach out to Jay Bird Digital Arts. For your templates, your logos, your media, your press kits, anything you need done, Jaybird can do it for you. Tell them you heard about it through the Iconist podcast and uh, tell them we said hi. Absolutely. How you doing? How you doing? You You know, also our little round table. If you're looking for some comedy stuff to watch at times, you can check out Mm -hmm. A Touch of Grey Matter with yours truly, Barry3D, along with Thomas Patrice. Zolfal Lee and the one who runs it, Dave Sokolowski. You know, we we are, as I keep telling you, the Canadian version of Plastic Cup Boys or Blue Collar Comedy, but we're just a lot more diverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. We had some good subjects, and I said we're up to 130 something episodes. I I haven't even looked lately, but we've we've got a lot, a a lot (laughs) on our YouTube channel. So please, Um, and just like that, this. Iconis is on a YouTube channel. We have hit episode 51. This is officially episode 51. Thank you for everyone Let's tuned in. Thank you for all those who are following us. But please, thank you. Thank you very much. like, subscribe, share, hit the notifications buttons. And if you, if you don't want to have the notifications, understand, on Tuesdays, that's right, Rod, right below, notifications. Tap the button. Tap the button. You know, these videos drop every Tuesdays. The audio drops every Wednesday. And that's on all your streaming services where you get your podcasts from. So don't be shy. Stream it. Enjoy it. And as I said, we reply to all the comments. So, you know, we have all our social media. You see the links down below. You can catch it all for myself, for Rod, for the show, for stuff we do independently and what we do together. United, we stand. You know, Voltron. (sighs) Form of arm. Go, go, right go, go, go. <laughs> Mighty GoBots. Oh! So get to that. We, you. So this is the month of April. April is the fourth month. 
this is the month that we're covering everything for. We went through March, March Madness. We had a whole lot of guests on. Uh, now with yes, April, sir. we did take a pause to do our 50th episode. So we kind of broke the, the norm of that. Now we're back to the formula. You know, April is a month of four. So mm-hmm. four it is, you know. We covered off the UFOs. Four, mm-hmm. right? Evil version, as I like to say, of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Now, we never really kind of tackled something like this. So we're talking about Marvel's Power Pack, right? Who's that? Who's that? Well, it was four kids, you know, that got powers from an alien, and then they used these powers to save their parents, and then tried to help out, but it was more dealing, not so much the fact that there were four kids that had powers, it was four kids who were brothers and sisters, so two boys, two girls, various Mm -hmm. ages, you know, uh, preteens, young teens, and this is who the book was written for, this is the audience it was trying to attract, and this is why it was done the way it was done. And, I, you know, I remember when it first came out, I looked exciting. I'm like, hey, you know, I was a young person at the time and I got the book and I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I see what they're doing. Uh, right. I see the elements that kind of they, they took from. They had their tropes in there that were already, you know, which work. And the book ran longer than you would think. And these characters kept coming back and coming right. back. And they're still here in the Marvel Universe. Right, yep. they didn't didn't get rid of them. So, just to give you a little bit of history, uh, of course, as we said, by Marvel, name of the book, Power Pack, issue number one was in August of nineteen eighty four. Woo! Just a while. Just a while. It is a while. The book ran for about the original volume one ran for like sixty two issues, mm-hmm. right? And then they came back, and within that, they had their mismatch of adventures. So there's times where they've teamed up, of course, with Spider-Man. They've uh, teamed up, you know, uh, inadvertently, and I'll say this, with the Fantastic Four, right? More with Franklin, because at one point, there was no other kids in the Marvel Universe that had powers outside of the X-Men, right? So not a mutant, altered humans. That's that's what they called them back in. If you played Marvel superheroes, the role-playing game, back in the day, you had mutants and you had altered humans. So obviously Wolverine's a mutant, born with it. Hits puberty, his powers develop. Captain America is a altered human, right? Where he was, something happened that altered his, his physiology, his DNA. Yep. his DNA, and made him the way he is. That's mm-hmm. an altered human, right? I know there was a term for anyone that had like mech stuff like Iron Man. So Iron Man wouldn't be an altered human. Captain America would be, right? The super, super soldier serum. So they would be considered altered humans. So they wouldn't fall into mutants, but they're the only kids, non-mutant, being hunted down by giant robot sentinels. Um, that, and so they, it was only natural at one point that Franklin would kind of run into gravitate. them. Yeah, gravitate and knock it, run into them. Yeah, basically. No, sorry, you know what? Keep no, going, keep going. Keep right, going, man. Right. What's your point, no, man? What's your point, no, 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 man? No, no, no. The point I was just saying is that Marvel realizing, like you said, they came out to kind of uh, pull in that, that, that demographic. And then we realized we have something here. What other children do we have outside of the X-Men? there weren't there really wasn't anything so it was it made sense that they would collide not collide but you know collaborate and connect with franklin you know more often than another and find a pair you know a parody of collaboration between them and just say okay listen um we're young you're young you know kind of scenario at least get it written in in the storyline have them connect you know every once in a while so like you said they've lasted very longer than you would think how much storyline can you actually pull out they did 68 issues. So I guess they found a lot of story to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. 62. 62 issues. Yeah, but yeah. 62, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's only volume one, as I said. Right. They, 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 they brought the books back. Yeah. 
Correct. The heroes have showed up in different um, mediums. So let's go with the, uh, the, 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 the nitty gritty of it. So mm-hmm. Jim Shooter was the editor in chief over at Marvel Comics at the time. And he turned around and he wanted to encourage his writers uh, to, you know, maybe aim more for a younger demographic. He wanted um, the writers to also maybe take up art at the same time if they're able to uh, or put certain teams together to aim mm-hmm. for that demographic. So I think that was a smart move. And he went to Louise Simonson, uh, uh, you know, as a writer and her husband, Walter, you know, is a writer and an artist. So Walter has done a lot, you know, just a side note, he did mm-hmm. do, you know, fourth world uh, for DC, you know, like, uh, for the new gods. At one point he wrote that he wrote Thor at one point and was writing and drawing Thor. So if you remember Thor, when they brought oh, in beta Ray bill and that storyline. Right. Yeah. And those were some very action going storylines. Mm-hmm. That was Walter. And Walter worked a lot with with his wife Louise, um, and I and I believe there was like a Hawk and Dove miniseries that they were still behind, helping to help pen, pencil and write. Uh, I'd have to double check that, but this is when they brought in Don Gringer, or Granger, um, you know, with Hank Hall. So it was the right. first time you see the female Dove after his bro- brother Donnie um, passed away. Passed away. Mm-hmm. So they, they've been in comics forever, <laughs> husband and wife team in comics forever. And, you know, Jim was turning around and saying, hey, we want to aim for this demographic. So he was pushing Louise to write a, uh, a book, you know, more along the side. And she she resisted the first couple of times. First couple of times, she's like, no, no, no. Jim's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Poking the bear. Yeah, bear. yeah. You know, and as I said, she, refined, she, she, she resisted to do uh, to do it, right? Because you know she was more like a freelance, and so this is this is really what it was. And then finally, um, you know, she came up with something. Uh, like he, you know, he hired a whole bunch of editors. There was a workload, so kind of because she was she was working on a lot of projects. Um, and then she came up and proposed the idea of Power Pack. Finally, mm-hmm. she kind of broke down and says, "Hey, look, you know what? Here's Power Pack. What do you think?" And he loved the idea. Right. Right. It's got action it's got family it's got a sci-fi aspect to it. it these things usually do well and if you go back to the 80s that's what we were living okay. right that, that that was it you know yep uh so he, he hit the market so louise what louise simpson was one of the creators and she was a, the writer on it and he had a uh, june uh brigman who was the artist hmm. you know and to me, that was the first time I was exposed to June's art. I don't remember June doing anything else myself that I picked up and bought. You know, issue number one of the original cover was very dynamic when I looked at it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. So the whole thing about it, and what I liked was it was a different aspect. Usually every time aliens come to Earth, it's like, we must destroy, take over, destroy. This time there's an alien, you know, and for tens of purposes, he had his longer name, but he... He looked like a seahorse. He had the face of a seahorse, very palish white skin. He was in a ship that he called Friday. And, yep. and, and his nickname was Whitey because he was very like a pale, white, yeah. humanoid-looking seahorse. So you got that seahorse face. Um, and, and he had, you know, his different powers. So this is this is what comes in. And he came to Earth not to destroy, not to invade it, not that he was running away from somebody and he needed to hide right. out. Last survivor of any planet. No, no, no. He was coming to Earth to save us. Save Save us from us. (laughs) Because, as I said, you have the four kids. So you have Alex, Jack, 
Katie and Julie, right? Um, so Alex was the oldest, Julie was the second oldest, then it was Jack, and then it was Katie who was the, the youngest, right? So those are four siblings. Had their parents. Their parents, you know, I uh, can't remember what the mom did right now. I'm not sure if she was a school teacher or something like that in the series. And forgive me, I'll, I'll gotta, but the dad was a scientist and he was working for one of these companies and he invented something. Um, and he invented this kind of, he was trying to give the world clean energy. Right. Hmm. Sounds like oh. a Iron Man movie. Hmm. Arc reactor. Clean, okay. sustainable energy. Hmm. Almost sounds like uh, Justice League Unlimited, <laughs> where it was Superman fighting Captain Marvel, where they bring in Captain Marvel in that because Lex Luthor built up a free city and inadvertently used kryptonite to power the city without telling Superman and caused the fight. Hmm. Hmm. So, right. So what happened with this machine is, you know, Whitey almost observing what was happening on Earth, and I don't know how he knew, you know, that uh, Doctor Doctor Powers, because the family's name is Power. <laughs> Ironically, Power Power Pack. We'll just leave it right? at that. We'll right? leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. No one would know that. that. That's a true good secret identity, man. That that's up there with like you know, uh, Jason David Frank, you know, playing Tommy the Green Ranger, always wearing green. Mm. No one martial arts, uh, mm. but we'll no one didn't put two and two together. <laughs> too much work. Too much work. Right? It's like you know, everyone says Jason. You know, Austin, Austin Saint. Uh, I can't remember. It was Austin Saint or Jason Saint Austin, or you know, the one who played the red power, the red Power Ranger, always right. wearing red. Mm. But no one put. Mm. <laughs> mm. Doing martial arts, but I digress. So he turned around, made this whole blueprint. He's going over his specs. Whitey realizes that the machine that he's about to create can destroy the world. You know, the same adage of it falls into wrong hands, things can go wrong. Well, but, he did make it, actually. He did actually make it. Yes, he did. He did actually make it. But it was, like, again, it was kind of like, at the time, the father didn't know that it was the trouble the trouble that it could potentially build, bring to the whole planet Earth. So yep. I agree with you. I'm trying to recall, God, you're saying, I'm trying to recall, how did Whitey why do you find that out? Because um, he's a he was a scientist on his own planet. Yep. So why do was a, pla- a scientist on his own planet? And the main reason, you know what? I don't know if I'm gonna jump ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Of, go, go. The reason why the reason why why do you wanted to came to help us to save us from ourselves is because Doctor Powers actually Professor Powers actually created this you know this whole self sustaining you know energy source, but the machine actually has a bad effect that basically once turned on and after a while it's going to start, it will basically do the reverse instead of projecting energy it's going to like provide energy it's just basically the, you know basically blow up. Our planet was well our planet was on the verge of just being destroyed we'll just leave it like that. We were we all going bada boom. Bada boom. Ooh, what's that cloud of dust? Too late my friend, too late so, <laughs> Too late my friend, too late Too late. So why do you kind of be like dream! So the scenario was that basically Whitey, his people did the exact same thing. And they realized under it was too late what potential, what was the issue. And then basically, you know, it destroyed his home world. So this was the reason why he realized, oh, unknown to you humans, 
you earthlings are about to hurt yourself. Let me warn you. Don't hit the button. What? Don't power it on. You don't hit this red button? Yeah, I don't. So that's basically one basically the main reason. Again, great that we have a wonderful a wonderful being from outside this hemisphere, outside this planet coming to save us from ourselves. You go, Whitey. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. This is one time it's appropriate saying Whitey's always watching. <laughs> I can't make this guy nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you try to keep him down? To <laughs> save him from ourselves. <laughs> oh, jeez. I always feel like somebody's, somebody's watching, watching me. me. And his name is Whitey. <laughs> wow. Ah. wow. Ah. All right, cool. So, back to our schedule program. There you go. There you go. It had to be said. Okay, so that going on, I, so I don't mm. know how Whitey figured out. He was observing. He's, I guess he was watching. Like every time, they're always watching how humans are doing. We're like, we're like their Probably. petri dish for the alien for the alien race, right? For the rest of the galaxy, they always make Earth like the petri dish. It's like let's look oh. in and see what's happening today. Oh, look, civilization. Oh, they blew something up. All right, then all right, let's see what happens in a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. You know, we're we're the scientific experiment. That, uh, yeah, man. that's how they always note. make us look like. See what you're doing. Okay, cool. Yeah, as of this date and this time, okay, um, doctor, we'll just come back and recheck, recheck for them in another yeah, two weeks. Exactly. See how the progress is. Thank you very much. The, the, like, the, the medical earth... sheet, you know, like the medical sheet, just like the chart, like mash kind of days. Like, yes, you know, doctor's like, Psh. like, what are we about to do today? I don't know. What up? Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> right back, nurse. I don't know, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll check them out later again. Here we go. Well, exactly. It, it's, I'm telling you, we, they make Earth like it's the Truman Show, right? <laughs> The only I, thing is, it's not just one person doesn't it doesn't know what's going on. All of us don't know what's going on, and everyone's just watching us. I feel like, you know, from outside of our solar system, everyone's just looking and say, "Okay, oh, they're sending a probe." Yeah. Everyone, veer left. <laughs> Did a probe pick up anything? Not a thing. Not a thing. Okay, the probe is passed. All right, go back, center up. Oh, they sent another probe. Everyone, veer right. <laughs> So that's what it comes down to. So let's get into the storyline of it, right? Mm-hmm. What he observes, he understands what's going on. The kids are at uh, a beach, you know, they're at a, you know, their beach home. Peace out. Mm-hmm. Right? They're doing their chores as normal kids can do. They hear it on the radio. So at the table, they have very different personalities, as they should. So Alex, who's being the oldest, kind of follows his dad's footsteps. He likes to be the responsible one, almost like the leader. He's the older sibling. He's building a telescope. His mm-hmm. dad's going over the blueprints. You know, they just finished having dinner. He's finishing up on his telescope. Um, the, the you know, then you have uh, Julie and Jack uh, are doing the dishes, but Jack is not paying attention. Jack is just walking around. He's been washing one, drying one dish for how long? And Julie's actually washing and drying and reading a book at the same time because that's what she's focused on. She likes reading her novels, so she can tell that she's very academic. Minded mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so's and so's uh Alex, but Jack is more of the scrapper, he wants the rough house, he, he's into baseball, he's tossing things around. He's that one child, you always have two children, and one child is one way, and the other child goes the other way. Well, there you go, that, there yeah. You go. And then Katie being the youngest, well, she's not going to do any chores, she's she's just looking outside at the beach and the waves, and she's looking at the stars, and, and she just wants to go and play. And she's listening to the radio, and on the radio, it says that there's 
you know, shooting stars that are coming down. If you look outside, you can see them. So, you know, Alex is trying to get his telescope done as quick as possible. Jack is running around the table, bumps it, you know, and he's very feisty at the same time. It's like, you're almost mm-hmm. broke. He's like, ah, whatever, you know, sibling rivalry, how they fight. Katie's like, well, I want to see this. I want to see the shooting stars. I'm looking, I'm looking. And it's like, you know, maybe it's a UFO. And it's like, no, a UFO. What? We, and then the radio says something about a UFO. And the parents are like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then Katie's like, who's the youngest? Turns out, oh, I see it. There's a shooting stars. It changed direction. <laughs> because what's happening is that Whitey, you know, and we don't get a full view of Whitey yet. We just see the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And it's being, of course, attacked by other spaceships. And it's being fired on. So he, he's trying to fight back, doesn't have weapons. He's crash landing on Earth. So this is what those shooting stars that they reported on the radio was. And then it's when it changed direction. So at one point, you know, uh, Alex turns around and says, hey, I got my telescope. Dad, is it okay if we sleep outside tonight? Like, just not away huh. from the house. You, you tell they're on a two-story house. It's got a patio. Mm-hmm. But they're the only house on the beach. It's a beach house. He goes, can we sleep outdoors tonight on the patio so I can use my telescope to look at the stars? Right? And then all the other siblings come in. Yeah, me too, me too, me too, me too. And, and the parents say, oh, okay, okay, sure. Hey, what's the 80s? You know, I know you want to do that in this day and age because people are crazy. <laughs> but it was the 80s. So I was like, sure, They're, the kids are right outside the patio door on the patio. So no child endangerment, you know, it was a different time. They're there and they're looking. And then, of course, as the story progresses, they see um, something coming down and then it kind of crash lands. Katie sees it. Mm-hmm. It hits the water and then it kind of the waves kind of cover it up a bit. She's adamant about going down to the, the shoreline saying, hey, seen it. Something crashed. It's a UFO. The rest of them are like, oh, okay, it's not a UFO. And then they look again through the telescope and they see a weird shape. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Now, of course, kids being kids, do we wake mom and dad? No. Let's just go down to the beach and investigate. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Come on, gang. Let's go. All right, Fred. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and before you say that, not possible, Barry. Obviously, you've never read, you know, the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew. Uh, clearly, and I'm talking read the original novels, not what's on CW. I'm talking about read the original novels. Uh, obviously, you've never gone through and and seen, as Rod said, you know, Scooby Doo gang. They were a bunch of teenagers. Obviously, you've never watched Pokemon, where it is one kid is going around the world by himself with pets, and no one seems to know where Ash's mom and dad, uncle, aunts, whoever they are, are. He's out there solo going around the world. Let me start on that. Bubble school. Ash out there just chasing magical creatures? Oh, okay. I want to be a Pokemon trainer. So, yes. The kids are excited. They run down to the beach. They finally see the spaceship. Scene prolays. Okay, opens up. You see Whitey. He explains why he's there mm-hmm. and what's going on. Uh, but he's, he's, he's somewhat injured. And it's funny because the one who's the most brave out of this whole quartet is the youngest one. It's Katie. Right? Because right. right? even to the point where, where Julie, who's the older sister, it's like she's scared to go. Right. And she looks at her younger sister and it's like, hey, Katie, you can hold my hand so you won't be scared. And Katie's like, oh, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> Katie wasn't scared. Are you sure you don't mean you're not, you're not scared, Jules? All right, Jules, I'll hold your hand. Let's go. Okay. Well, I, I like the writing on this. I really try to show mm-hmm. how the, the, their personalities were, their, their strengths or weaknesses, yeah. you know, as people, because everyone has that. And keep in mind, they're not adults. They're kids. They're not 
you know, born in outer space or something like that, and or mm-hmm. born with a billion of dollars, you know, and can go and train and be dark and broody. No. So they go down, they meet Whitey, they see that, they see the aliens show up. Um, so two of them stay at the ship with Whitey, two are running back to the house finally to get mom and dad. And when they're getting back there, the aliens, the snarks, as they call them, is the easiest way to right. pronounce it, that were chasing Whitey, land at the house, the beach house. They go in there, they find the parents, kidnap the parents, bring it on board. Then the kids show up trying to stop him. Whitey gets in there and he gets into a fight and Whitey has all these different powers, right? Whitey has like four different powers. So he can use one like anti-gravity, make himself light. He has another one. He's got like rainbows that shoot out that can make him fly at like light speed, so to speak. And he can make energy shields or throw energy, you know, and then he has another one he can turn into a gaseous form. So these are the powers that his race gets, but he's never been trained as a warrior. So he's not a hundred percent versed in these powers. He knows them. He knows how to use them, but he's more of the scientific clan. Right. As opposed to a warrior clan, so you know he's not, he knows how to use them, basically for basic self defense. Anyone can ball up a fist and you know give someone five across the eyes, right? But but doesn't mean you're going to be the next Bruce Lee just because you win one fight. Completely, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so this is what it comes down to, and that's what I liked. And, I, and and then the kids okay have to get in the ship. They go with Whitey. He's injured. He's trying to figure a way for them to, um, you know, get save their parents he's following the ship and he knows that during this fight he got injured but it, it's it's he's he's fatally wounded he's going to pass away he's not going to make it to the next day but at the same time he doesn't want to tell that to the kids because he understands their kids you know he doesn't want to traumatize them so he comes up with the idea saying hey in my race what we're able to do at times is just able to do transference when we're able to transform part of our essence our powers into someone else of our race right. where if you're part of that race, you already have those powers. So I guess maybe it just amplifies what that person would have. And that's how I'm going with it. And he turns around and says, takes her hands, and, you know, and he goes and he goes, I don't know if it's going to work. It might drive you crazy. It might do this. I, it's going to be totally random. And he gives his powers to the kids. And each kid, of course, gets one particular power, right, out of the four that I mentioned. So, for example, Alex, you know, he calls himself G. Because he, he's like anti-G force. Like he, he can touch something. He can make it super light. He can cause himself to float. He can't fly, but he can cause himself to float. And then at times he learns how to different ways to use that power. Um, his brother Jack turns into a gaseous cloud, can make himself bigger, smaller. He can uh, f- go through things. Like he's, a, he's a cloud. He's a cloud, right? Right. right? He can expand it suddenly to kind of sniff out flames. And, and he learns. Then, mm-hmm. you know, Julie gets the power of flight. She starts flying, but she gets like a rainbow behind her from her waist down and she can fly really fast almost like she takes on the name eventually not originally light speed and then katie has like the most dangerous offensive power where her whole body turns into like, an energy form like almost a human torch and she can throw like energy you know from her hands or energy balls or energy you know laser whatever that that's that's the formation of power pack and they use their powers in a combination to go and save their parents to get back the machine that was stolen that their dad made that can destroy the world. They ended up breaking it by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, there was no place. To, I mean, they got it. They went into the base. They they broke it out. They've got it. They took away. They're like, we're gonna hide it somewhere. And all of a sudden, I mean, they're not used to using their powers. A, a updraft yeah. hits, you know, poor G who has it, and everyone kind of shifts and it's like, oops, it slips out of his hands. It falls to the earth. It breaks. Well, it was too big to hide anyway, so this works out best for us. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, 
that's 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 power pack in 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 a nutshell uh and you know the the sibling rivalry doesn't even end with that it continues Mm -hmm. because everyone gets jealous of everyone else's powers so you know alex is cool with his powers as the oldest brother but everyone looks at him like well why do you gotta be the, the boss of us well i'm the oldest well i don't think so Katie seems not Katie. Um, Julie, uh, Julie seems to be more level-headed one. Maybe she should be the leader, you know. So it's like, well, boys against girls, and, you know. And yeah. kids have that whole thing, you know, like you know, girls got cooties or boys got cooties, or you know, boys are better, girls are better. It, it, it right. kept that, you know, innocence uh, about it that I like. Right, that piece of dynamic was it was a, a great way to. The writing was good because. It helped drew in the, the the reader, the young people who's reading it, and realize they can relate to having this type of sibling type of rivalry, and realizing like you know what, um, some days I feel like I'm on the most powerful person in here type of scenario, or I'm the one who's just reckless, just like Jack, and just like you know I don't care, or you're the level-headed one like Julie, or you'd be like the leader type of mi- mindset, you know, like Alex. So it's it's was you can see how they've actually were able to, as I was saying earlier, come up with the stories and basically fine tune it that you find, you find enough realism in the characters. For sure. We've all, you know, we've been kids. We all probably have kids at a certain time and you know, you see the parody and you see the understanding of like, yeah, that's how the kids react. Oh yeah. That's how the kids react. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Myself prepared. Do your own or go clean the dish. You know that kind of scenario. Yep, <laughs> you're, you're taking it all in. So it was it was great. And I mean, like you were talking earlier in regards, like people that they were connecting with, like you said, it was Franklin. Yeah, I mean, I was just going through here, just seeing like uh, cloak and dagger. That's another. Yes. That's another interesting, you know, you know, collaboration. So having them work with you know, with cloak and dagger. You know, yep. the X-Men, New Mutants. Yep. Uh, like is it Franklin? Yep. So it, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're a very good team in the sense, like you said, it's, it's a great, it's only vol, was only, we were, we're talking about original 1984 volume one, but there have been many volumes that they've brought it back and basically been able to use these characters back in the Marvel universe to this day yeah. right now. Yeah. And I, I, I like the whole thing. I mean, I, and when I say there were some heavy storylines, so there, one of the storylines are in were Secret Wars 2, uh, Fall of the Mutants, Infer- the Infernal storyline, right? That was going on, the Mutant Massacre. So they got, even though they're not mutants, they got pulled into it a lot. At one point, Professor Xavier was trying to help them out, kind of help teach them how to use their powers. They, you know, Spider-Man, they teamed up with, uh, Cloak and Daggers, you said, the X-Men. And at one point, um, of course, it's been asked for. And then they, even at one point, one of them was part of the New Warriors, so that's, you know, Night Thrasher, Nova, Namorda, um, Marvel Boy, uh, Firestar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I missed anyone from the original lineup. Right. Nova, I mentioned. Yeah. From the original lineup. Uh, right. So that, 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 they've been around forever. Uh, you know, they have popped into the Avengers. And the thing is, they never started out to be a team. I think they're kind of taking essence of the Fantastic Four. This is why they work more better with the Fantastic Four to me mm-hmm. than Cloak and Dagger. They are not that dark, and they're family. Fantastic Four was known as you know the Marvel's first family. Um, yep. This is another family that could go through the age. You can age them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep them the same age forever, which is great. 
uh, and they had to deal with you know basic storylines. All right, on what I mean basic, I don't mean like dumbed down, but they wrote them to deal with going to school for the first time, how they act, interact in school, uh, dealing with bullies, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with homework, uh, dealing with the feelings of you know K- you know poor Katie going uh, not Katie sorry it's um Julie. yeah it's Katie Julie. no Katie being the youngest. Going oh, to, okay, you, end up, yep. you know, going to like preschool for the uh, or kindergarten for the first time, you know, being away, right? The other ones have already gone through kindergarten and all that. So sending, going to kindergarten, how they look at their parents. And then at the beginning, they try to keep <laughs> all this away from their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they, so they kept it as a secret identity. At one point, their, their parents do find out that, hey, you've got powers. Hey, okay, well, this is what's going on in the their original series of volume one series. Their dad, you know, Dr. Powers, was working with, you know, Reed Richards uh, as, as a person. If you're in a field that you love and to work with someone who is a peer in that field, that's almost like, no, come on. It's like if you're a musician and you get to go and, and play and have a jam session with your favorite musician, oh, my gosh, wow. You know, myself being a comedian – it's like being a comedian, and then if Kevin Hart would come up to me and say, "Hey man, want your? I like your set. You want to, you know, sit down and write some jokes with me, or do you want to come on one of my shows, or do you want to do an opening spot? Uh, you know, one of the venues I'm working at. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what gets me, and this is why I like Power Pack, and I'll get yeah. to this part of it. What I like about them is, especially now, we know Marvel owns. You know, it's owned by Disney. I know a lot of the cartoons are out there. And I think for myself personally, this is my own personal feeling. And Rod, you can speak to this too um, after. I say that there's a lot of cartoons out there. So there's cartoons out there. But when the cartoons get made, do you make it for young adults? Do you make it for the adults? Or do you make it for kids? Right? Every time they get a property, it's like Avengers. Do we make it for which demographic are we going for? Right. We, you know, and there's certain reasons why you go for an older or younger demographic, and it all comes down to finances and what you're trying to do to build that property. So the books already existed, and now we're turning into another medium. And this is why we go and we love doing the show. And I figure, with like I looked at DC for example, and DC came out and they're coming out with a movie, and it's DC's pets, You're right? So it's it's Batman's it's Batman's dog Ace, it's Crypto. Yes. It, yeah. It's, you know, every pet that ever was in any of the DC properties out some point or the other where some heroes had a pet. Now they've given them and they put a movie. We know this is aimed at kids. It's got to be a comedy. But, mm. you know, it's not Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. It's, it's you know, Crypto. It's, it's Superdog and Batdog and, and Wonder Cat. And, and, you know, all. if you look at one point, all heroes, no matter what universe, had some kind of pet. Some of them made more of an impression than others. Some were just maybe a passing and it don't use like mm-hmm. power girl you know when she had this one cat in justice league when she was there and the cat was missing an eye and it was all like rough looking because it was a, a feral cat but it only like power girl and it would scratch everybody else okay fine or is it a you know an animal like i said like crypto which was from krypton has the same powers as superman then superman and the dog is above intelligence and superman lets, lets that dog go and do whatever he wants you know not once i ever see superman turn around it's like oh man i gotta take crypto for a walk it's like Superman's fighting off. It's like, hey, anyone seen Crypto? Oh, I haven't seen Crypto in a while. You know, whistle and Crypto just fly from where he's at. It's like, hey, it's like, don't you take care of your pet? Hmm. Like, who's feeding it? Who's feeding? Like, what? What kind of? What kind of? Like, you got a, a big mouth of food and you're just getting it. And just, I don't. Know. Anyway, 
we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, it's a different story. We, we can talk about that. So <laughs> with this, I think that, you know, it, it gives me feels to me that this would work right now. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where we're talking about Power Pack today. You're not going to find much on them online. You know, um, or if you do, you find them integrated in other storylines. But this, as their own, would work today in the MCU right? as a property, especially being owned by Disney. Disney is known for making kid-friendly movies. You know, Escape yep. from Witch Mountain, uh, The Cat yes. from Outer Space. Um, you know, Herbie the Love, they were, they were made for kids, aimed at kids with adults in the background of the mind. This is, is a sure shot guaranteed. Disney can't go wrong with this. This is the demographic they want to hit. So they don't have to turn around and say, well, we're going to make Peter Parker and we're going to put him in, you know, uh, elementary school. Let's do like young Avengers, like, you know, like Teen Titans go. Here's my prime example. You got okay. the Teen Titans. You look at Young Justice. You see the Teen Titans. Teen Titans we know are maybe young adults, adults, mm-hmm. right? But they're not aimed at kids. So what they did is they did Teen Titans Go, which was aimed for a younger demographic. Correct. Right. Correct. Teen Correct. Titans Go to me, it, it was you know too too young for me personally, so I couldn't get Correct. into it. it. Had some odd jokes. And you're like, okay, yeah, but it's it's too goofy. With right. Power Pack, can't go wrong. You got mm-hmm. four kids. You got the family aspect, and it, and it's almost a mix of you know the last Starfighter, but you know you got the sci-fi part of it, you got the action part of it, you got the family part of it. Go, you cast some kid actors. It, it could be you know Stranger Things with a sci-fi twist instead of a horror twist. Right, right. So that, that that's my two cents on it. What, what do you think, Rod? Well, Disney, like you say, Disney has the opportunity. Like the the, the show can could make could work right now. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely correct. Great, great example, great pull in regards to Teen Titans Go. Because that was the same thing even when, um, uh, Thundercats, like Thundercats Go, that's oh, another gosh. one in the yeah. same way yeah. that they basically aimed that particular medium or at making, um, that, that base basically aimed at at younger generation versus those who kind of, you have to wonder when you, when Thundercat comes out, when the one that came out in 2012, Mm-hmm. 2012 or 2014. Right. You right. know that was geared towards a uh, uh, late teen to young adult, you know, demographic. Yeah. But it did great for us. It didn't do great for for the company, you know, sales and everything like that. No one was buying anything like that. So that's why that the comeback with Thundercats go for the younger generation at least to pull that off. And like you said, it's great. But it's like, like that's the same way. I found it nice, but I'm like, I can't get no pull in it. It just, it's just too, too young, too quick. And they were all in the same, the same, um, the same time frame of being like 12 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't even a, like a full 12, a 20 minute type of, you know, episode. It was like 12, 13, 12 minutes. So it was like short, short yeah. clips. They just, you know, they're just, they're just shorts. They were shorts. Yeah. So like, eh. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. So DC here, we're going to do, enough DC, sorry, Marvel, we're, we're going to do you a service. We, we're going to turn around and say, first of all, if you want a property that's aimed at kids that, that you, you know, and the MCU, you want to make it more family friendly because I said in the MCU cinematic universe, be it if it's a, a streaming service, you know, show, limited series mm-hmm. or a movie, big picture, but whatever. I think that's what's missing from the MCU. You have moments mm-hmm. in it, but I think that's what's missing from the MCU altogether. I think this is what they're hoping for. The, the new series coming out, Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but I, I, you know, 
you know, I, I, I want something more with a little bit more legs on it. This Marvel, cool, okay, gotcha. But I want something with more meat on the bone. Right. And you got volume one, 62 issues. It's got multiple volumes. You know, they have multiple crossovers. They're there with other mm-hmm. characters. And to show you, I mean, at one point, um, and it's like getting near the end of that series of that 62 run, Alex, for some reason, loses his own body and his mind goes into or gets transformed into a, a criminal. Oh, my gosh. One of the whiteys race right mm-hmm. so he gets that whole horse shaped looking face and all that so he doesn't even have a human body anymore but they go through the whole thing of you know growing up having their first love and, and dating and all it has everything needed for it to be a series to aim for that demographic right now mm-hmm. if we had to kind of kick it off live action no question no question about that right it'll work. It'll work. so this brings us to this point mm. So first of all, that, that's my feeling about it. Would you want to see this live action? Or would you want to see this as a cartoon? Myself? Yeah. I would, I would say this, this, I would like to say, I would like to see it maybe as a live action, but I know a live action, we, there's enough story. And this is the thing. There's enough story mm-hmm. that you can, that you can pull from that a one, not a one shot, but even I say two, three movies. Yes. There's so much more. So, if anything, I would like to, like, this is one of the rare times I'll say, have a live action, then follow up with a cartoon. Right. I agree with you. Follow I agree with a cartoon you. after. Do, do a live action first yes. to draw the people and get them familiarized and let them know that although it's a cartoon, like, when you come with a cartoon and you did that first, people may catch, like, oh, it's a Marvel property to a certain degree. But if they did a live action, you didn't even have to say put in any other characters. No other Marvel properties in there. No. Just have that, but it's realistic. And you make you even just say verbally Avengers, Fantastic Four. You just say that just to make the, the, the connection that it is is in this particular in our same world, the MCU world, I should say. Mm-hmm. Then that's it. But from that point on, everyone's mind is established. It's real life. It's this MCU established. Mm-hmm. We're good from there. It'll cross from there. Then, when you go to cartoon, anytime they see the cartoon, the animated, they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. They'll know that's real because that's MCU. We're yes. Good. Yeah. And we're that's good. what they did with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have a total of three movies and it had its cartoon series and it had little shorts off of that, right? So, it, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. With that movie, and, and that's one thing I forgot to say. I know it's going there. I kind of got long winded. It happens. Uh, with the characters, the brothers are, and the sisters are always kind of jealous of each other's power. So Jack found, you know, Jack who was the the, the, the second oldest boy, I would say, right? Because it, it's really mm-hmm. Alex and Jack. So Jack thought, oh man, my powers are useless. I just turned into gaseous yeah. cloud. I wish I had somebody else's powers, you know? Right. So the kids were actually envious of each other's powers. Each other. Yes. And then they do get an opportunity that they do swap powers. They're, you know, they go through and they're able to change powers at one point. And when they do change those powers, Finally, it's like, oh, man, I got these powers. It's so cool. But then, you know, when Jack gets, for example, Katie's powers and then Alex gets like, you know, uh, Jack's powers turned into a gaseous cloud. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you can do this. You can do that. It's like, wait a minute. You're doing stuff with my powers that I didn't I think of doing. Right. It was almost like Spider-Man superior Spider-Man. Mm, good, good, good cut. Good cut. Right? Because Spider-Man's like, oh, I'm, I'm all this. And then when Doc Ock took over Superior, uh, being Peter Parker, and went in there and became Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man's like, I never thought of using my powers that way. Mm-hmm. I never thought of using what I knew that way. 
you're you're a better Spider-Man than I am. And you're a villain, but you're you're trying to outdo me, and you are. It's like, have you never thought about using your your spider sense this way? No. Oh, how'd you get by all these years? <laughs> how'd you end up beating me without even doing that? I, this is why the fight's so easy. I never thought of that. You know. And then at one, and then another story part is Alex absorbs all the other three powers into himself and that's when he joined the new warriors at one point he's a juggernaut in a sense he's got all this power in him i I, so i like the rivalry i like that they swap powers at one point i like that one takes over because alex is the only one that can actually absorb all the powers Mm -hmm. and i like the fact that the parents know their kids have powers and are not freaking out about it most of the times you can't tell mom and dad can't tell mom and dad so that progression of the story is really great and just like you said live action give it up follow it up with a cartoon you want to hit that demographic you don't have to reinvent the wheel you just have to look and see which wheel you want to use right this is the wheel so we're gonna get down to it right now Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it four characters well i'm saying so the powers children there's four children and whitey we're calling him whitey that that's the name he has with a ship friday right okay here we go. So I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to take a crack at this. And the names you might not recognize, but these are people that have already existed in the, um, you know, actors that are doing, you know, they're doing work right now on right. different uh, things. So for Alex, who's the oldest brother, right. I like this actor. I just saw him a little while ago. Not personally, I'm just saying on a project, uh, you know, pun intended. Mm-hmm. And his name is Braxton uh, Bajerkin. He was the boy in the Adam Project, playing a young Ryan Reynolds. Nice. Right? So that's who I'm going with, first and foremost, to play the older brother, Alex. Then there's uh, Walker Scobell to play Jack. Then with Katie, sorry, no, with Julie. I'll go with Julie first. So Julie, um, I had McKenna Grace who was in a, a, a Disney uh, show already. Mm-hmm. And then Katie, the youngest, is uh, Brooklyn Prince. So I know my characters, you know, the, the ages that these actors are right now are two of them are 15, one is 13, one is 11. They're a little bit right. older than the characters are portraying there in the book, unless mm-hmm. you bring in an unknown, but this is who I was able to find. I went a little bit older. I think as a little bit older, you can get more fun in some of the storylines. I would have loved to found someone maybe younger to play the, the youngest one, Katie. And if mm-hmm. actors, they always play someone younger anyways. So um, I would like to get someone to play Katie who would be a little bit younger than 11-year-old because I would love to see if I could find an actress that was maybe, you know, six, seven, but then you got to get twins. And if it's going to be a live action project, because it's got to be, you can't have them working too much on set a certain way to kind of get that storyline. You know, and when, keep in mind that when the storyline came out, it was 1984. Here we are in 2022. Right. So what kids use back then to now is two different things, right? So, of course, if you're going to do it more modern, you got to incorporate what the the atmosphere is with, you know, cell phones and smart technology and cloud and, and social media because mm-hmm. they never focused on that in the book because it was 1984. So you have to incorporate that now to make it more relevant. And my voice for the alien, uh, Whitey, would be, once again, no pun intended, Jack White. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Because Whitey is not going to, he's got to be CG'd. Right. <laughs> he's got to be CG'd. So Jack White will have that, you know, he's, he's got it. He can, he can definitely be Whitey um, from all his past projects he's done before. So his past projects, you're looking at stuff like, you're looking at uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Right. King Kong. Right. He's got that range. Schoolhouse of Rock was really what I was thinking of when I saw Jack White and how he played a, uh, that particular role in there. So that, him with kids, how he's teaching them, how he's mentoring them, how he's warm and welcoming, and it still would bring enough little bit of humor and let the audience connect with an alien, how that alien can be with those kids, give him a little bit of a bigger role. You know, not too big because you don't want to overshadow, rewrite the you know the whole book, and then let it go from there. So that that's how I'm going with Power Pack. But like you said though, live action movie, eh, maybe into a cartoon, if not uh, a continuation of the movie. Got it. Good, good, good. Okay, so you know what? Um, so you meant you meant Jack Black. Oh, sorry, Jack Black. Yes, not Jack yeah. White. Okay, yeah, Jack. Been, <laughs> Jack White was it uh, the White Stripes? <laughs> My bad. No worries. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Yeah, cool, so cool, cool. Whitey's played by Jack Black. Keep it real, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in school. Rock, I'm like, yeah, Black. Okay, cool. No yeah. problem. Cool. Oops, you know what? I like, oops. I like, I like, I like that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You said something at, at the end just now in regards of you gave you gave your character, you gave the actors a little bit older because you knew you wanted to get a, a little bit more depth and get a definitely a different connection out of him. I was thinking similar from that, but I kind of like shifted everybody up. Like I added, I added like another, another five years on each person. Oh, okay. So I kind of shifted them up. So they're still, they're still in their, they're young, they're still young people. So right. instead of, instead of Jack, Alex being like 12, I'm kind of gearing for like, say 15, 16. Okay. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm just shifting them up another four years on that time frame. So I was looking for actors in that same range because my thought was now thinking on the reverse end, more on uh, Katie's end. Written, she's five years old. She's basically mm-hmm. so, so yeah, she's supposed to be it was twelve, ten, eight, and knocked down to five. So Katie was supposed to be five. Right. I'm realizing a five year old is going to be the amount of the, the, the length of you know storytelling I want you to to to, to, to pull out. Mm-hmm. But I but she has to be very feisty and we want to be able to pull that range out of her and just just think, you know, just be a real, not being realistic, but you know what I mean? Like have that feistiness. Yeah, you want to be that, authentic. That, that, authentic. So I say, you know, let me have someone who's a little bit older who can just slightly be able to pull that range when called upon. Okay. So what I was doing, so you're gonna, it's going to be, we'll get to that part of the joke just now. Okay. So I was going to start off with uh, Alex. I was going with, uh, again, a couple of names you may not know. Uh, some you will know. So we're going to go with Alex. We're going to go with Jack Dyler Grazer. Jack Dyler Grazer uh-huh. is from Shazam. He was, uh, he was, uh, Freddy. Oh, so that's okay. Freddy. Yeah, yeah. So I said, let me have him as leader, you know, cause again, even although this is, this is DC. Yes, yes. he's already playing a DC, but you know what? You know, it comes over. You crossover. You come in for the second movie, but you know what? Hey, off time could be someone else. That's cool. But you know, you, you can hear the intelligence and said how he was very, very yes. articulate. Of like how he was, 
I know everything about Batman, Superman, whatever it takes to be a superhero. Yes, this, this, yes, this, yes, 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 yes. So I gave him that leader type of class, um, mindset. Okay. So I went now with McKenna Grace. Hmm, sounds familiar, right? No. I was weak. I was no. weak. No. But I had her at Julie. So we'll just go right there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. I so went. Yeah, keep going. Go keep going. Yeah. So then I went with uh, Roman Griffin. Griffin Davis, David, Roman, Roman Griffin Davis. If you ever, um, the movie Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Right. Yes. So that one, when the child had the, 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 the mindset, an imaginary friend of Hitler and everything along that line. Right, right, right. Just his, his, his look and his spunkiness. I was saying, you know what? I will give him the role for, for, um, for Jack. Okay. And and get him that now for Katie, mm-hmm. a name you might have heard before, Broken Prince. So <laughs> it's 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 going to be a it's a very interesting, very interesting thing. So wow. So that was um yeah that was uh that was what I was going with that was what I was going with. Okay okay so who would you get for Whitey who who would you get for, for- Whitey. For Whitey, now I wanted, I wanted someone that has a name at least you can kind of pull. Right. We went with Jack, and that was good. <laughs> I wanted to go with Patton Oswalt, <sighs> so he could definitely pull that type of character to pull that. And I wanted to even say sideswipe that you know what? Hey, Patton, we we have you for the first two episodes type of scenario. Right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're gonna have you from third and onward. Why? Because I'm gonna slash you as Friday. So congratulations, you're playing a dual role. We cut you a second check. Cut you as Friday. We're gonna keep you here. We'll keep you here, and we'll put nice. you as Friday. Nice. So, so Friday the ship. Okay, I even go Friday the ship. I, I even right there. I, exactly. But I thought it after. It's like you know what? Because like we were talking earlier, Whitey came in, but then White you don't see Whitey anymore. He's more of like you said. He's like the he's like the you know, the Obi Wan, the Yoda, just the ghost. You know, he just comes when you know comes later on when needed. Yeah. Friday is always going to be there. Yeah, let's get at least a voice for Friday. Let's put a patent as 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 the voice. Absolutely, because at one point, I mean, this is him. Um, come on, uh, Whitey. No, no, no. I'm thinking a totally different genre right now. Oh, okay. He played Iceman in in Top Gun. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Val yeah, Kilmer yeah. did the voice for Night. Oh, yeah, for point. for Night Rider. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Okay, so I got you. I got you. But wow. So let, let's just say this here right now. Okay, let's put a pause. Yeah, put a pin right there. Pause. Put a pin in. Pause. Okay, here we go. This is the first time, I think, in all our episodes. I think it happened. Second, it happened second time. Before. Second time. This is, my, this is the second time. We've had a Sorry, before. My bad. Second time. Second, second time in all our episodes. We never discuss who we pick until we get on this show. Yeah. So we don't know who. We're, and it's the second time that, that we picked similar actors, actresses mm-hmm. to do the role. Right. And not only was a, a, we picked two. So right. we both picked Brooklyn Prince mm-hmm. and McKen- um, McKenna, McKenna Grace. Mm-hmm. When we do something like this, there's only one thing left to say. I'm going to strong bloodline. Strong as, bloodline. Well, as well as saying, um, I need to go to the depth. I need to I need to go get a lottery ticket. I'll be right back. You need both. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, there's nothing much more to say than that. So 
we're just gonna wrap this one up and simply say <laughs> thank you. This is the first time. Oh, sorry, second time. But in this mm-hmm. one, we called out out of four out of five people we cast, we called two, the two the same. Right. Get your lottery ticket. Get Come your on. lottery ticket. And 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 just to let people know, McKenna Grace, if she was the lead on um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, so just to put a face to who it is, you can clearly see that yeah, she has the ability to be that leader, you know, at least, you know, she'll take point after Alex, but it, it would, it would be a nice, it'd be a nice run. It'd be a nice run. Disney don't mess up. Don't mess up. That's right. Right on. Right so there. we're going to end this show off. Thanks everyone for mm-hmm. tuning in. Uh, very simple. Mm-hmm. We're going to make this real quick here. Don't forget, support your books. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick shout outs of all the people we uh, support the show and we support them. Uh, so once again, it's a touch of great matter. Jaber digital arts the beyond, beyond the balcony. Uh, that's right. Wow Comics, Check Swing Comics, and our homeboy Wayne Tennant, still singing Vapors, pumping that jam. Everything you want to find, you can find on the links. You can find everything that I'm doing and up to, and I'm back to doing live shows through Barry3D.com. Rod, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. You can find me on Twitch at DJ Rod C. We actually do it. Uh, listen, I'm there every week. We're having fun, so that's where you can find me. So we're going to, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, awesome. Sweet. And on that note, this is how we cast out Power Pack. Tune back in. Thank you. We read all the comments. And remember, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. Do it. Power yeah. Pack. One, two, three, four. Oh. <laughs> Where's the Depenar? I need a Depenar. I need a Depenar. I'll be right back. Bye, everyone. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna get it.